This is Before I Die with your host, Joanne Tickle. And today I have singer, songwriter, author, humorist, all-around great guy, Ron Sexsmith. Welcome, Ron. Hey, Joanne. Is this loud enough for you? I think so. All right. How are you? Good, just waking up. And uh, yeah, and you're here at my house right now. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it was a lot of fun going to Stratford. Oh, do you, I, maybe I shouldn't say where you live. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's fine. No, everyone knows. Uh, yeah, I, they did a big article on Globe and Mail with me in front of the city hall. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you have no privacy. I think you might want to move your smoothie though, in case you elbow it off the table. Oh though. yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Good eye. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Ron, uh, you know, my show is uh, kind of just asking people what, you know, what they'd like to do and um, mm-hmm. uh, before they die. So um, can you uh, complete the sentence, before I die, I want to? Well, this, this isn't going to sound very exciting, but I would really love to do one more tour with my band before I die, because I haven't played with them since 2018. And we, you know, for years, just all we did was tour, you know, and it was always you know, fun. It was always expensive. I never made any money. Everybody else did. But I, but uh, the last few tours, I'm just by myself or with, with Colleen. So I thought if possible, and it doesn't even matter where. It could be Canada. It could be overseas or something. I'd just love to do one more tour because I, I just miss playing with those guys, you know. And uh, it's just less, uh, you know, to walk out on stage with your troops, you know. It just feels, it's less stressful. It's, it's a little more... I don't know, it, it, it strength in numbers and all that kind of stuff. So, but it hasn't been realistic lately to tour with my band, you know, financially. So, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it ever will be. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking before I get too old or before we, you know, one of us drops dead or something, you know, <laughs> it'd be good uh, if, we, if, if we could swing it. But it may not happen, you know. Even the ro- even the ride to the gig, you know, if it's, you're just laughing your head off most of the time. Or at least with my band, they're all really funny and it's all gallows humor, you know, everyone says the most inappropriate thing, you know what I mean? It's just fun. Yes, I do, I and know all, you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're there, and you're like, oh, now we get to play, you know. I mean, it's harder in some ways, because there's all more setup to do, and more teardown to do. Um, yeah, I mean, the last gig I ever played with my band was in uh, uh, Elliott Lake in 2018. Oh. I mean, which is becoming a long time, you know, now we're 2023, you know, so. And I never thought it would be that long, because... You know, it just it was always okay. You know, I'd call the guys; they'd learn the new album. We'd go and we'd go to it. But it's just, uh, you know, now I have a mortgage and everything. So, uh, and they understand; they all play with other people. You For know, sure. But uh, yeah. Is there is there a venue um, that you would like to play that you haven't played, or that you've always thought about playing, and it's kind of in your? Yeah, I mean, I would love to play. Uh, you know, I've never played like uh, my own gig, like at the, like I say, the town hall in New York City. I've always, mm. I've opened for someone there. You know, I'm trying to be realistic, like find places that I, I think, I think I could do okay there, like fill, fill that room. It's not super big. Uh, um, you know, I, we played, the band and I got to play Royal Albert Hall in uh, 2013. And it'd be cool if we had a chance to do that again. I mean, I'm even on the mural there, if you ever go to Royal Albert Hall. If you go in the lobby, they, you know the guy who did the uh, Sgt. Pepper cover? Yeah. For their 200th anniversary, he did a mural in the lobby 
and I'm in the mural. And no. Yeah, I'm right beside Roger Daltrey, and um, the two Ronnies are behind me. And oh my god, you know, Annie Lennox is on another side. But so it'd be cool if I uh, if I ever get to play there again. I'm hoping to get to play Massey Hall again someday. I mean, I haven't played there in forever, but it's like uh, I. Those are my favorite venues, really, Massey Hall. I mean, it'd be cool if I if I was in a position to play, like, the Ryman, you know, in, in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there's so many great theaters in the world, you know, mm-hmm. Sydney Opera House, I don't know. But I don't really see it happening, because it would have happened by now, I think, because I have this sort of cult following. And, um, and it, I do quite well over in the UK and all that, but uh, other places are a bit like pulling teeth sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're you're very popular in the UK. Mm-hmm. I know you just toured Ireland. Yeah, because it really, I mean, all the shows were really well attended. Um, we just come from this grueling American tour. And actually, I got I was pretty ha- happy with the American tour. Like, I was blown away by, um, obviously, I'm not, you know, I don't do as well there. But some places were, uh, quite a few shows were sold out. And even the shows that weren't that well attended, the people that were there were totally you know, like yeah. going crazy. They were so happy I was there. So I was definitely feeling the love. And I was feeling it over, uh, you know, in Ireland and England and even, you know, France and all those places. It's only, it's only here in Canada where I don't feel, you know, I don't know. There was a period where I felt like I'm, I'm you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of there. I feel relatively established, but I don't really feel that anymore. But, uh, the women aren't throwing their bras uh, and their panties on the stage at you no, anymore? No, uh, did they ever? I don't know. <laughs> I, I opened for, obviously, uh, Tom Jones once, and I did. I got to, got to see that happen, but not, not at me. But it's weird, you know? I mean, uh, I'm, like it took me like four albums before anyone in Canada even noticed me, you know? Right. Like, I took the album I did with Steve Earle the first time, you know, I got an indie award that, that year, and, mm-hmm. and I noticed more people coming to my shows. Because there were a lot of people at the time who thought I was from England because that's where all the press was coming from. You know? Right. And uh, so it took me a while to get... And then, you know, certain albums here did okay. I had an album called Retriever that had a couple top 20 hits and that. And, you know, but it's just... Yeah, I think it's a common thing for some people in their own country. Yes. You know, I think like Robin Hitchcock does way better in America than he does in the in UK. England, yeah. And same with Nick Lowe, too. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm curious... Have you thought about, I think you and I have actually talked about collaborations maybe down the road. Like, who do you want to collaborate with? Do you mean, like, tour with or? Or, or record with or, you I'm, know. I'm sort of funny that way because I don't really collaborate. Like, I write, I write, oh, who is that? Was that something? I think there's a duck in there's here. There's a duck in there. Is that allowed on your pocket? Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? No, I, I'm not good at collaborating. Like, like, I have 10 new songs now that I'm trying to figure out. But mm-hmm. I want I want to record those at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I would love to do, a, you know, a tour with somebody or a band. Or I've been Who? talking. Well, I've been talking with Nick Lowe maybe about it. He wrote me the other day. Said, said he'd be really into it. Uh, you know, this your guys, the Sadies, would be fun to do a tour with. Right. Uh, I've talked even with Bruce Coburn recently about it because right. we, we did some dates uh, about ten years ago in Germany. Um, but, you know, I'm not really good at collaboration. I don't really co-write, you know. So right. I'll co-write for other people's records. Like if they need me to write lyrics or a melody, I'll do that. Yeah, like like on your album a little bit. So, uh, by the way, the only record I ever produced was your album. 
Oh, so it's a standalone uh, thing. Oh, <laughs> and you did such a good job, and it's called Gorilla Girl. I'm just going to plug myself. Yeah. yeah, you can get it at where where you buy all your music. At, uh, In my attic. <laughs> I don't know where people buy music anymore. I know, me neither. But, uh, no, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if the right. I mean, I collaborated a couple years ago with Kurt Swinghammer. We wrote a whole album of songs for Laurie Cohen, his, oh, right. his partner. And I, and Kurt's my like one of my best friends, so it was. Uh, it was fun, a fun challenge because he writes in all these strange time signatures. Like he wrote all the music. All I did was write lyrics. So I felt a bit like Hal, Hal David, you know, working yeah. in the back rack or something. Uh, but, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had good experiences, mostly long distance experiences, but I've had some really bad co-writing experiences where I just was like, I where I felt like I was doing all the work and then they still oh, wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm, I like to look on the back of the album and it says all songs written by, you know. Oh, right. Okay. And, and not just for my albums, but with Dylan or whoever it is. Yeah, you know? sure. I have Joni. But I don't have a problem with co-writing. I mean, there, there's so many great songwriting teams and like Elton and Bernie and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, I, I just, for me, it was just this silly rule, you know, I created for myself with my albums because uh, I made it a, a no co-write zone. <laughs> oh, right. You know, a long okay. Time ago. Well, I just, I, I find like some people have a combination where it just comes really easily and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually talking about your wife, Colleen. Yeah. Because I have that experience with her. Yeah. Well, she wrote all these great songs with Paul too, you know. And that's a brilliant that's album. That's great. That's like your album, like these one albums, you know, they, they yeah. standalone albums. But yeah, I mean, she, some people are really good at it, you know. I find it's being in a, especially in a room with someone I don't know, like I've had to do that over the years where you meet someone in a room and you try to write a song and I find it like so awkward, you know? That's <laughs> awkward. Yeah, if you around. know somebody, then you're not <clears throat> shy about suggesting a stupid idea or something or, yeah. You know, um, What's your, um, I don't think I've even <clears throat> ever asked you what your, your process is for oh. writing. Um, it's sort of the Winnie the Pooh method, you know, I walk around <laughs> and I hum to myself, you know what I mean? I hum to them, and, and, and you do some exercises in the mirror. Yeah, I'm so rumbly, and it's on, you know, and I just walk around and I think about stuff or whatever that's on my mind. And then I sing to myself when I'm doing the dishes or when I'm cutting the grass or when I'm walking. And I just write like that. And then, the, you know, the instrument is sort of one of the last things that happen. And once I have a song going, like a lyric and a melody, that seems like it's something then I'll, whatever instrument is closer to me, like off the piano or guitar, and then I'll start messing around with it. And it, you know, it usually takes me a few weeks or a few months to finish. I usually write in batches too, like I don't just write one at a time. So there's, like right now I have 10 new songs that are getting close to being finished. Right. And, and so I just play them every day and I try them in different keys, different tempos, try them on the piano, try them on the guitar. Because sometimes you're playing a song on the piano a certain way but then you, the guitar gives it a whole other thing and you realize oh this i'm playing it too slow on the piano it should be like this or something right but it's just all i've ever done like when i was a courier i wrote all, most of the songs for my first album and some for my second album just on the job you know and i, I didn't have an instrument so i was just i have to sing it to in my head all day until i got home and then you know and then record it not even record it. I don't even have anything to record on. I, usually for me, when, once I have like 10 or 12 songs finished, then I have to call off, you know, favors, you know, like Don Kirk. Hey, can I come over? And and thankfully here in Stratford, there's a guy that lets me come over and record at his place. 
So the last few albums, whenever I had the songs, I just go there and demo demo them, which I'm hoping to do soon with these new ones, because I don't I don't know when I'll ever record them, uh, you know. But um, so I'm not in a big hurry because I just put an, uh, an album this year, but I know that next year or the year after I'm going to want to have something out, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you just yeah. finished this massive tour that Colleen uh, tour managed, yeah. and it's just like a brilliant. Tour manager. Yeah. Well, she's in the room, so it's not so. We, I know. We, well, I'm kind of an ass kisser. <laughs> Just yeah. think of me as Eddie Haskell. Yeah. No, she was definitely, uh, you know, the best tour manager I ever had. Like, just in terms of just how organized and smooth everything was. And cracking the whip and saying, "Get yeah. the hell on stage now." <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of that too, and just uh, <laughs> no, it was it was really. I mean, it was a hard tour. We're old, and we're we're both falling apart physically <laughs> so there was hard lugging their bags and yeah i definitely don't want to do that again i mean i did say earlier i want to tour with my band and i do but yeah i want to do it in a in a sane way you know yes that, yeah. that's because we're all you know pushing 60 right or, or i think don's hey keep that to yeah keep it to myself um yeah. did you did you um did you see any castles did you go to any castles because yeah. i know you were in ireland and in the uk yeah and... we saw tons in one hotel we stayed at in Kill Kenny, there's a castle right next to us, like right next to the hotel. And so, uh, yeah, so we come out of the hotel and, and we, we checked in at night. We didn't see it, you know, but in the morning, I was like, whoa, like, it was, we're in a castle. It's a real, real deal. And then I played a lot of old churches and old abbeys and things that oh. were like, one was like from like 500 or, you know, no, Shakespeare wow. probably went there. I mean, it's it was crazy how old everything is. And, um, yeah, That's I mean, amazing. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, obviously France is quite old and, and all that, too, in Spain. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it's and you were able to actually drive. Well, you, I know you don't, I don't drive, drive, but yeah. Colleen could drive on the other side of the road and, like... Yeah, it wasn't, didn't seem... I mean, I don't know. It didn't seem very hard for her. I mean, she's done it before, but... Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it, you just stay left, right, apparently. You just stay left. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I could do that. And they have these cars now that are smart cars you know like where if the, if you're getting off the out of your lane it'll beep or if a car's coming too close you know what i mean oh and so like a tesla yeah they, they kind of uh, and they, they yeah they they prevent you from you know crashing into Doing things or they'll stupid. stop if, if they think you're getting you're gonna hit something i mean it's pretty amazing so but no it was, it was smooth i mean the the drives in ireland are super easy right they're two hours or mm-hmm. maybe three is about the most you drive so it's just, you know, you have time to kind of stop along the way and get breakfast or get... Or oh, something. let's talk about the food. How was the food? Well, the food is okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's brown food, right? Everything's brown, right? It's all like <laughs> fish or, you know... Sorry, my robe keeps opening up here. I need to get a robe with buttons. I don't know how to do that. Get on that, Colleen. Get on that. Um, yeah, you know, it's been, I love all that kind of food. It's not the, the healthiest food. And sometimes... You, you don't see a vegetable for days, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's, yeah, I love meat pies and things like that. And, uh, you know, in, in Dublin, there's a, it's funny, we played the Olympia Theater and there's a famous fish and chip place down the road called Burdocks. Mm-hmm. And it was always been my tradition to go there, you know. Right. And, but because I've been having trouble with my foot, I ended up going to the fish and chip store that's literally right next to the theater. And I found out later, if had I gone to Burdocks, I might have seen Bruce Springsteen because he was having lunch no. at Burdocks that night. So 
Uh, but anyway, not to be. wasn't meant to be. But wow. uh, I had men met him once before in L.A. But um, anyway, uh, but so I like I like all that kind of food. But it it doesn't really like me back. You know, it's like it's not. Yeah, it goes right to your waistline. You know? Do you um, uh, do you do you drink beer? I don't even know if you drink beer. No, I I do, but I don't really any. I mean, I mostly drink red wine. Right. Um, right. But yeah, before I when I used to just you know, pound the Guinness all the time or the Murphy's. And you said you guys were in Kilkenny and I, I particularly loved you love that. Kilkenny? Yeah, I love that beer. We were there for such a short time. I and mean, we were actually there twice, but we, you know, one night we got in at night and left in the morning. The other time we had a gig there, but no, I mean, I think I might've had the odd beer here and there, but I'm, I'm mostly a wine guzzler, you know, I love, <laughs> I love wine. You mean sipper. Wine sipper. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just I like the way it makes me feel. Where beer doesn't, you have to have about eight of them to feel. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I get so, that. Yeah, you don't. Uh, the traveling is not really fun anymore. It's you know? not a vacation. Even it's, it's even so when hard. you go on a vacation, it can be stressful. Like you, even if you go some tropical place, then you try to come home and the plane's late for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it, all the relaxation you felt is out the window by the time you get home, just from traveling. You know, but. So I'm really happy to be home. I like I like to be here. Um, you know, I mean, if if some trip, you know, idea came up to go somewhere for a few, a few days and it seemed easy, I would do it. You know, but, mm-hmm. um, for the listeners, uh, we're in Stratford right now, and it's uh, full on season going. So there's so many plays yeah. and musicals, and you're just surrounded by art and beauty here and yeah. history. Yeah. No, it feels like I'm in Europe almost here, you know. It feels very, uh, yeah, I mean, we're in this oasis, you know, culture. And I'm hanging out with actors. And, uh, you know, the restaurants are great here for the most part. And the theaters, I've never I've, only, I've never seen a Broadway play, but I, I'm feeling like it's probably as good as Broadway. You know, the quality here. And, uh, I mean, you know, you would have like Maggie Smith was here and Christopher Plummer and all that kind of stuff. So right. it's, it's pretty top notch and uh so yeah i mean i'm so lucky to find find myself at this late age here you know and not everyone gets a second chance in their 50s you know for a new start yes and i lived in toronto for 30 years and it become a kind of bad place i think for me i i felt like i was going insane there right and you know you're walking around town and you go to a bar and you used to know people, now you don't know anybody. They're all, and you feel like the old guy at a bar, you know. <laughs> so now I'm, I feel like sort of, sort of like the young guy here in a weird way. So. And I noticed uh, yesterday we went for breakfast and mm-hmm. you walked in and the waitress was like, oh, hi, Ron. How yeah, are you? Yeah, I know. They're like pretty, it's a very uh, small town feel. Very familiar, yeah. I mean, that happened before. Because people knew I was moving here even before we moved here. It's weird, like just gossip and all that stuff, you know. So... I'd, I'd be walking around town the first month or so, and people would be, welcome to Stratford, you know, from their cars and things. Aww. So, um... Hey, that didn't happen to me today. <laughs> well, <laughs> fringe, yeah, I mean, these are weird fringe benefits, but yeah, there'd always be these uh, Ron sightings, apparently, you know, I saw Ron, but that happened in Toronto, too, like, you'd see people, I saw Ron at blah, blah, blah today, oh, at the laundromat or something, you know, and it's just weird, because, you know, I don't... I don't feel famous at all like compared to, I'm sure Jim Cuddy gets it all the time, right? You know, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm. Yeah, uh, but he looks for it. Does he? Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just always <laughs> like, you know, people used to be always like, 
what are you doing on the streetcar? Well, I don't drive, you know, or what are you, what are you doing at the laundromat? Well, we don't have a, you know, well, we had a washing machine, but we didn't have a dryer, you know? Yeah. And actually, I love laundromats. I was going to say, when you lived in Toronto, I knew that one of your, just because I know you, mm-hmm. that one of your favorite little hangouts <clears throat> was that laundromat, and you used to yeah. write songs in there, too. Yeah, like, I did my laundry, and I wrote songs, and there was a Starbucks around the corner, so... For me, it was great. Just put the clothes in, get a coffee, write songs, look at people. Yeah. And, and then it was just two minutes from my house. So That's right. It was on the um, corner. Yeah. So I really liked that. And uh, uh, So, yeah. But, um, but you don't even need a place like that here. You could be anywhere. You could be sitting on a bench by the by the park or well you know they have the richard manuel bench here right from the band right and so oftentimes i'll get a cop you know i'll go sit on that bench and i'll almost like commune with richard you know like yeah oh richard what do you think about you? whatever you know i'll be yeah. talking to myself and um i never got to meet him i did meet rick danko and i met levon but i never met the other guy well i met robbie once actually That's true. and you know garth yeah, but it, I, it, you never really know with Garth if he if he notices you or not. Or, right. You know what I mean? He's, right. he's, he's, he's very eccentric and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, yes. he, he came to play. They did a thing when you're Canadian songbook, and I was the recipient or whatever, at Massey Hall, and Garth Garth came to play. Right. Uh, I think Kevin Hearn brought him in. But, yeah, I mean, it's amazing uh, some of the people that, that you meet just doing this thing, you know. So. Mm-hmm. And then there's some celebrities that live here as well. Yeah, actor celebrities like Graham Greene, and I've met him, and <clears throat> Garrett Wynn Davies, and yeah, a bunch of Colm Fjord. Peter Met. Mansbridge. Yeah. Mansbridge is here, and Cynthia Dale. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and. Uh, and the Beaver. Apparently, he's here too. Some friends have told me they've seen him at this bar or this restaurant, but I, I've never seen him myself. Although we did have a guy work on our house for a while that was a friend of his. And, uh, you know, one of, you know, because I think Beaver kept a lot of his old friends, old friends close. Because, you know, it's like Elvis Presley wanted to have this posse of people around him that he could trust or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I've never met him. I don't think he would even know who I am, you know, or none of those guys would, I don't think. So, well, <clears throat> no, I wouldn't say that. Well, I just did, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't argue with the guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well. Um... It's awesome. It's like the Dick Cabot show. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun talking to you, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird because, you yeah. know, like, I feel like we're not, but, you know, I didn't want it yeah. to be like an interview. It's just like a no, it's conversation, great. No, it's right? easy. Yeah, I wasn't worried about it at all. The only thing for me was trying to think of how to answer that question. Ron, I just had so much fun talking to you. I hope it was fun for you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. It was easy. It was easy. And I think you will do another tour with your band. I, I, I really do. I think that, you know, you know that's, that's not going super high with the bar. I know. And, I, it's uh, not a very ambitious dream, but anyway. No, but it's a good one. And yeah. I'd love to come and see you play with your, your band again. I will. So Thank you. Thank you, Ron. All right. Beautiful. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Here's a treat. Off of Ron Sexsmith's new album, The Vivian Line, this is What I Had in Mind. I've always seen school days through September eyes. Could never concentrate. Fell behind the dreams and schemes and 
to Before I Die with your host, Joanne Tickle. Thanks for listening. See you next time.